Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour, bonjour. (laughs) Oh my, I am so grateful for our connection and our opportunity to be the two or more gathered in the name and the nature of love, of light, of the Christ light within us. Yes, I'm Jennifer Hadley and I love to pray. (laughs) That's what we're going to do right now is start off with a blessing and a prayer. So grateful to place my hand on my heart and take a deep breath of gratitude. So grateful for this precious life and this opportunity to transform pain and suffering into love and joy. We are grateful and thankful to partner up with that higher Holy Spirit self. We are grateful and thankful to allow ourselves to be lifted and shifted. This is the purpose of our gathering, is to come together to relinquish the thoughts, the beliefs, the perceptions, the addictive compulsive tendencies and temptations, the cravings and aversions, everything that stands in the way of our being fully in the flow of love and living a life of joy. We are grateful and thankful that eternal infinite joy is our true identity and we are willing to discard the false identity, to put spirit in charge of our life and to live a life that is fully free of suffering. We are grateful to share the benefits with everyone because we are one with them. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Yes. Yes. All right. Oh, my goodness. These are such intense times, and I'm so grateful for the opportunity to practice and live, truly live, A Course in Miracles. So our topic this week is pleasure and sacrifice. Last week, it was love and sacrifice. This week, pleasure and sacrifice. Last week, during the episode, it became clear that another episode was called for regarding this topic of sacrifice. It's so prevalent in our life, in our mind, and we can really use it as a crowbar to help us pry loose from our awareness thoughts and beliefs that simply don't serve us anymore. So let's let's do that. I really felt guided about this, uh, as I, I do all the topics, really. And I, I don't care what I talk about, truly. I'm just so grateful for the opportunity that we can find ways to transcend time and space to be together and to have this healing conversation, this nourishing connection. <laughs> I'm all about that. So, pleasure and sacrifice can kind of feel like a scary topic. Oh no, I don't want to give things up. And I think I've mentioned this before, that I remember talking with a friend who uh, had developed this kind of compulsion to go out and get frozen yogurt at night. Uh, My friend had a frozen yogurt store just around the corner. And uh, so it it was becoming a habit. And my friend was recognizing this was not necessarily a good habit, feeling addicted, compulsed to go and do that. And as... I'm sure I've talked about many times I've really struggled with the form of self-sabotage that is self-medication. 
And by the way, uh, we've had such a success with our self-sabotage challenges and really looking at self-medication as something that we can heal and transform. Uh, We're going to do another self-sabotage challenge this summer, but instead of doing the six days uh, in a row, we're going to do one day of the challenge per week. So it'll be six weeks do that uh, starting in mid-July. So I'll let you know about that. You can sign up early. And if you've done it before, we'll invite you to come back and and do it again. It's so worthwhile. It's so life-changing for people. And it is very confrontive because we do fall into self-medication through the avenue of pleasure. And... We find pleasure in eating the ice cream, eating the frozen yogurt, eating the chocolate, eating whatever it is, drinking that glass of wine. I sure know about all of that, believe me. Smoking a cigarette, uh, having sex, all the different ways that we can self-medicate. And of course we can self-medicate with other things like cleaning. There's a great satisfaction having everything cleaned for for some people and that becomes pleasure. So this is the kind of thing that we're looking at today. Now I remember with my friend in the frozen yogurt, uh, she was saying to me, I know this is not a good thing for me. But I feel like it's the only pleasure I have in my life. And why do I have to give up the only pleasure I have in my life? And I said, I get it. Oh my God, I totally get it. I have felt that way too. And I have. So here's what I've learned is that That is a trick of the ego mindset that we will use these, I'll call them little pleasures, just to give them a name, little pleasures to self-medicate, to actually have us fall deeper into the ego quicksand, fall deeper asleep. Oh, let me just fall deeper asleep with my television shows, with my whatever it is that we have begun to use as self-medication. Or some people are pleasure adventurers uh, I, I know, I've known many people like that in my life. There, some people are thrill seekers. Some people are pleasure seekers. And they're not seeking like this hedonistic pleasure of opium dens and orgies and things like that. They're looking for uh, wonderful treasures of, oh, look, look at these cakes and look at these wonderful uh, restaurants and look at these beautiful items and look at these wonderful hikes we can do. It's about how we hold these things in our mind. It's not about the activity. There's nothing wrong with having cake or ice cream or frozen yogurt. I enjoy all those things. But when the pleasure-seeking becomes a false idol, then if we realize that and we determine, oh, I'm addicted to pleasure-seeking, I'm addicted to finding the next best restaurant, I, 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 I need to do it as a compulsion, then it does fall into that category of false idol. So false idolatry is really when we put something in the place of God and we we worship it or we adore it to the point that it is a God substitute. And this is something that people do all the time unwittingly. They do it with their children. They do it with their the animals in their lives, the precious dogs and cats, 
And this year, I hope to finally get a dog and cat now that I'm have a home and I'm have that stability. I'd really like to do that. So I am aware of these kinds of false idolatry. I'll give you another example from my own life that uh, one of my great enjoyments is decorating. I love decorating. It's really enjoyable for me to create a truly beautiful environment that feels sacred, that feels very nourishing and nurturing. It is so lovely to me to be able to do that. It's very fulfilling and satisfying. And I have had experiences where I felt compelled to do it and it took up too much of my attention. And I realized that I was not in right alignment with it. I was making it a bit of a false idol, a substitute for God. And that's what pleasures can be. So here's the thing. Nothing wrong with enjoying things. Nothing wrong with having pleasure. This is the perfect world to do that in. This is the perfect planet to do that in. Having the physical body is the perfect place to experience it in. And when it becomes more important than our connection with God, when it becomes a substitute for the absolute joy of being connected with God, then we're in trouble. Then we have become the slave to the ego. So this is where we can pay attention. Now, one of the ways that we are acting from the ego is when we make the pleasures wrong, when we make them sinful. I'm going to give you a quote here from the Course. Okay, so this is from Chapter 19, and it's Section 4, The Obstacles to Peace. And there's an A and a B, and we're looking at the B, where in paragraph 12, Jesus says, It is impossible to seek for pleasure through the body and not find pain. It is impossible to seek for pleasure through the body and not find pain. So let me just highlight here that there's a difference, I feel, a difference between really actively seeking for pleasure and just enjoying, oh look, somebody made a delicious cake, let's have a piece of it and enjoy it. When we're actively seeking for pleasure, we're looking in a sense usually to escape our current state of consciousness, our current experience of our life. It's like escaping into fantasy or any other kind of drug type thing. When pleasure becomes a drug, labeling it as sin is not far behind. And then there comes the pain. So it is impossible to seek for pleasure through the body and not find pain. It is essential that this relationship be understood, for it is one the ego sees as proof of sin. It is essential that this relationship be understood, for it is one the ego sees as proof of sin. It is not really punitive at all. It is but the inevitable result of equating yourself with the body, which is the invitation to pain. So the trick of the ego is discover a pleasure that we begin to seek. And then we will inevitably begin to identify more with the body because the body seems to be the one that's giving us the pleasure. 
but that's not true. It's all in the mind. So I think of this. People love chocolate. And I understand chemicals and blah, blah, blah with chocolate. I don't love chocolate. Sometimes I enjoy chocolate. I've talked about this many times because it's just, to me, it's a clear example. Uh, I enjoy the taste of a cocktail. I do. I really enjoy it. I love hard cider. But I don't like the way it makes me feel. I love the taste of it. That's pleasurable and enjoyable to me. But very quickly, I don't like how I feel. I used to like how I felt. Having a bit of alcohol, getting tipsy and all of that. I used to enjoy that, but I don't enjoy it anymore. Because I far more enjoy being clear-minded, being really awake, being in tune with the infinite. There's far more pleasure in that. And it's not it's not even pleasure. It's it's the experience of joy. It's the experience of freedom. It's the experience of truth and wholeness and harmony and right-mindedness that, for me, immediately begins to degrade when I start to feel the effects of alcohol. So for me, it used to be that I would have uh, one drink and then I'd like to have another and then I'd like to have a third one and then I'd realize, oh, I've had too many. Because I was enjoying the pleasurable combination of the taste and the, the effect that it had on me. But once I stopped enjoying the effect that it had on me, I stopped seeking for the pleasure of the taste of it. Although I freely confess that I do sometimes get the non-alcoholic beers. I uh, like the taste of beer, and I will sometimes do that there you know, they're not great or anything, but sometimes on a hot day or just with a particular meal, it's nice to have that taste of the the bitter taste of the beer. I like bitter tastes, bitter greens, and I like sour things. I don't have a sweet tooth so much as a bitter um, sour tooth. <laughs> anyway, so... When I shifted to where being attuned to the infinite, having that clear connection, that clear mind, that was far more enjoyable to me than any buzz off a cocktail. It just, it's easy to say, no, I'm not interested. Thank you. So do I still drink? Very rarely, very rarely. And when I do, it's fine. I don't feel bad about it. It's a, you know, temporary thing I'm choosing to do um, here and there. And uh, and it's fine. It's no big deal. There's no sin attached to it. I don't feel badly about it. But I do notice that the effects are there in my body for about 24 hours. I don't have the same energetic. And so it's a choice that I don't make very often. It's not, it's just not worth it to me. It's not that, it's not that appealing to me anymore. But I used to be, I've had many times in my life when I was, it's the afternoon, and I'm thinking, how how soon can I give myself permission to have a drink and escape from this? Boy, am I looking forward to after dark today because I want to escape how I feel. I'm very familiar with that. I used to, I, I, I struggled with that on and off for many years, and I did label it a sin. So one of the things that I tell people as a spiritual counselor when they're struggling with addiction is just don't make it wrong. Don't make it bad. Everything in this world is neutral. 
I've given everything in this world all the meaning that it has for me. So let's not make anything a sin and let's not make anything bad or wrong. And then that, that's that's a tough order. I realize that. But that has been one of the most healing directives of my life. It really helped me to work with my mind and see where all the judgments were, all the meaning making that I had been doing. So that's my invitation to you. Let's look at this again. Paragraph 12. It is impossible to seek for pleasure through the body and not find pain. It is essential that this relationship between pleasure and pain in the body be understood, for it is one the ego sees as proof of sin. It is not really punitive at all. It is but the inevitable result of equating yourself with the body, which is the invitation to pain. So it's not that the pleasure is a sin or even that the pleasure leads to pain, but pleasure through the body will always bring us back to identification with the body. So remember here, another key word is seek. So if we're seeking for pleasure to escape our pain, if we're seeking to dull our physical body, our senses, you know, which is what cigarettes, alcohol, uh, sex, and all kinds of things do, even endorphins, even endorphins. I, I used to be a long-distance runner. And so I realized that I actually had become addicted to the endorphins. Uh, and while I really enjoyed running until I moved to L.A. and then I just didn't enjoy it anymore, uh, I, I just didn't enjoy running in that climate. But I, when I lived in New York, I loved it. I loved it. I, I would be able to leave my apartment building and escape to the park and be with the plants and the trees and even the animals. I used to see amazing things there in the, in the park, animals and all kinds of things. Um, so, and that was all very pleasurable for me. And it was all about the body and getting that, that runner's high. So... I can honestly testify that if we're seeking for pleasure through the body, we will find pain. So we do try to escape how we feel emotionally by anesthetizing the body with exercise, with alcohol, with food, with cigarettes and things like that. That is going to lead to more pain. Because inevitably, we are going to label ourselves bad and wrong and some kind of sinner. And we will go into that punishing mindset, the self-attacking mindset. Oh, I did such a long dance with this, decades of dancing with all of this ego identification, which is why it's so important to me now to be clear and to be helpful about it. I do encourage you to take the self-sabotage challenge next time I offer it. Uh, it's, uh, you can still take it now. It's all We can give you all the, the videos and everything. But it's really powerful to go through it with all the support that we have. It's really it's a wonderful program that Spirit gave me to do. So we'll do that in July. Live. So... When we equate ourselves with the body, that is the invitation to pain. It invites, this is Jesus now, it invites fear to enter and become your purpose. Wow! It invites fear to enter and become your purpose. Think of that. If you have anxiety and fear and worry, 
you're contributing to it by seeking for pleasure through the body. Contemplate that. Look for, start writing down, where do you seek for pleasure through the body? It's interesting. We can still enjoy everything. I I enjoy so many things. Don't make it wrong, bad, a sin. That's when the ego steps in. Look, you hear the rhyme? Whenever it rhymes like that, I I feel like it's pure spirit. I've no idea if it's any of its iambic pentameter, but there it is. (laughs) I'd like to mention something else that I am, uh, I mentioned last week as well. I'm looking at doing a program this spring on ending depression, dissolving depression. I'm thinking of calling it depression demolition. And if you're interested in that, will you write to me at admin at jenniferhadley.com? I'd like to know. Uh, I've had so much success helping people to heal depression. Of course, they do all the work, but I can give them suggestions. Ah, I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we're walking the talk, we're living the love, and I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. Thank you for returning. And we're talking about pleasure and sacrifice. So the the sacrifice part is when we think the frozen yogurt is all I have. This pleasure is all I have in this world. So having felt that many times and knowing that many others feel the same way, What I can tell you that I've learned and am continuing to learn is that if I really do believe, and I did, that the pleasure that I, the temporary, temporal, time-based, physical pleasure that I have for this temporary thing is all I have. It is because I am edging God out. I am not putting spirit in charge of my life. I have an authority problem. This is one of the uh, teachings of A Course in Miracles about the authority problem, meaning that I've put the ego in charge of my life instead of spirit. Of course... That little pleasure is all I have when I have edged God out of my life and put ego in charge. Of course, that's all the little enjoyment I have. If only somebody could have told me that back then. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I wish, I wish, I wish. (laughs) So... I, I learned it the, the way I learned it. There it is. But now I know it. And so now I still will have moments. I'm trying to think back to one that I might have had recently where I, I had uh, the temptation, let's say, to overindulge in something. I make these really yummy oatmeal cookies they're gluten-free, they have no sugar, they're totally delicious. And I had maybe a temptation to have have just more than I, I knew I would feel overfull later. And just realizing in the moment, like I'll feel into it, is this a good thing for me? No, not at this time. No judgment, no, like, oh, you better not do that. You shouldn't do that. You'll, no, just like, is it good for me? No, not, not good. 
I don't even have to go, is it bad for me? Just, is it good for me? Is it helpful to me? Is it going to bring me more of anything that I need? Nope. And then I, I don't need it. I have that, that it's not even self-control. You see, I don't have to control anything. I'm listening to something. Now, does this operate in my life 100% of the time? No. No, I'm having a human experience. There are definitely times I think, yes, give me the large ice cream. Or yes, I do want whipped cream on that. But none of those things are bad or wrong. It's perfectly fine to enjoy them. Am I enjoying them because I'm seeking pleasure? No, I'm not. I'm not. I don't find myself doing that the way I used to. But I do sometimes feel like I wish to escape. And I make a note of it. Oh, why do I wish to escape? And, and, and there are times that I might say, okay, how can I escape that will feel good to me? I can go for a walk. I can go outside and get some fresh air. I can take out the trash and be out, literally enjoy that fresh air while I take out the trash. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I can walk down to the road and get the mail out of the mailbox. Just change my state for a little bit. Get some different energy. I can drink, make some lemon water, drink a big glass of lemon water, delicious. Oh, maybe I'll make a cup of tea. That'll change my state, give me a different energetic. I have one of those um, rebounders, little trampoline. Oh, just get on the little trampoline for five minutes, jump around, change my state. So my body is engaged in all of that. I could sit down and meditate. And sometimes I will just go and look out the window, watch the birds at the bird feeder. Have a pair of cardinals now. (laughs) We have a new feeder. My roommate and I, I put out a feeder um, uh, early in the winter. Uh, I don't know how the birds handle it. I was thinking about them yesterday. I was contemplating, looking out, watching them. This pair of cardinals that are new to our feeder. And uh, we have a lot of blue jays and chickadees. And no squirrels, thank you. And um, the squirrels are all in the woods. They're, they're not out here where I am. I'm on the edge of the woods, but the squirrels stay in the woods. Uh, there's plenty for them there. Um, Anyway, I was just watching the birds, the cardinals, and they were eating the seeds off the ground, which the the ground here is covered with a good foot or more of snow and has been for months. And um, watching them eat the the seed off the snow, and uh, I thought, how do their little feet not freeze to death and break off? How does that happen? I don't know. Like, I thought I'm watching them and watching them and watching them. And I'm thinking, if I were out there in my bare feet, my feet would be frozen. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it. Interesting. Birds are so interesting. Changing our state can bring us back to spirit. Our willingness is all that's required. It's about going the other way, choosing again, noticing how we feel, and choosing God. Okay, higher Holy Spirit self, I notice. I feel I'm craving something. Uh, Craving chocolate, craving alcohol, craving sex, craving something. Are we actually craving any of those things? No, we're not. What we're doing is we are escaping from God. And that's why we label it a sin. Because what we're doing is escaping from God. Do you see how that works? 
anything that we're using to escape from God, we're going to label it a sin. We're going to label it bad and wrong. But if we can stop doing that, maybe we can stop running from God. Because every time we feel bad about ourselves, we want to run towards something to self-medicate and distract us from feeling bad about ourselves. And we're seeking that pleasure through the body. We are going to label it a sin, feel that we're really bad, really wrong, and this is proof, positive, of the very reason that we started running away from God in the first place, that we're bad, we're sinners, and then we have increased our pain and our suffering and our identification with the body and our identification with a false self. So it's not about having self-control. It's about being willing to notice what is it I'm really after. Am I after the pleasure or am I simply wishing to escape my thoughts about myself? Why don't I give my thoughts about myself to God for healing, for cleansing? Let me let God, my creator, I know some people don't like the word God. I've just, I've, I used to feel the same way, but now I just, I, I, I love the word. I'm happy with it. So we can let spirit, our creator, that higher Holy Spirit self, lead, guide, and direct us back to eternal joy, infinite love, pure peace which can never be found through seeking pleasure through the body. Seeking pleasure through the body will always bring us to more pain. As he says here, for it invites fear to enter and become your purpose. The purpose then is to escape from our belief in our being sinners. We're afraid of just how sinful we are and that we're going to keep sinning again and again and again. And this is one of the reasons why religious people who are ego-identified will go on and on and on about sin and then you find out later that they are secretly engaging in all kinds of sin. according to them. Because they actually wish to punish themselves for being a sinner. So then they're in the cycle of, I'm a sinner, and then I get to punish myself for being a sinner. I get to have the pleasure, and then I get to punish myself for being a sinner, which is its own kind of masochistic pleasure. We can break that cycle. And there's only one way I know to do it, and that's to put spirit in charge of it. I'm willing to break the cycle. Show me how. Show me how. And, and to be willing to realize if I'm seeking for pleasure through the body, it will bring me pain. It will bring me suffering. And I'm not interested in that anymore. The attraction of guilt must enter with it, and whatever fear directs the body to do is therefore painful. So when we choose the pleasure through the body, we will feel like we're sinners. We will, we will intensify that unconscious guilt, and then we feel more afraid and there's more pain. Now, we may not equate the fear that we feel with the pleasure that we chose because the fear that we feel may be related to our relationships or our job, somehow our self-worth in some area of our life. It might be related to, think of the people who are in the cycle of <clears throat> seeking the pleasure of eating foods that 
then they think make them fat and then they hate themselves for being fat see how it's all about the body I am not a body I am not a body this is one of the main lessons that Jesus was there to prove in his human life through the crucifixion the resurrection and the ascension we don't have to prove that. We don't have to crucify ourselves with food and sex and alcohol. There's nothing left to learn through crucifixion as we're coming towards Easter. I've done uh, episodes on crucifixion. I encourage you to check that out. The attraction of guilt must enter with it, with the pleasure, and whatever fear directs the body to do is therefore painful it will share the pain of all illusions and the illusion of pleasure will be the same as pain so what inevitably happens to people who have become compulsive or addictive about some kind of pleasure uh, like my friend with the frozen yogurt you start to enjoy it less and less and less and less then you've got to find something else. It's like you've got this shovel to dig a hole, and every time you dig another hole with it, the shovel gets smaller and smaller and smaller and less effective. So then you have to go find another shovel. Start all over again. Okay, it's not frozen yogurt anymore. Now it's going to be french fries, or it's going to be popcorn, or whatever it might be. Yep. So then we decide that we are going to make the sacrifice and give it up. Does it really work or do we just find something else? I went through that whole cycle too. You know, you're going to quit smoking and then you're going to do the uh, the eating instead of that. And then you're going to give up the uh, whatever it is. And you're not going to do that anymore. And it's... So it's pleasure and sacrifice, pleasure and sacrifice, pleasure and sacrifice. And it just keeps reinforcing that ego identification with the body. I encourage you to not just listen to what I'm saying, but to actually look around your life and identify three places in your life where you, are, you seek through pleasure for pleasure through the body. So, for instance, with sex, there's a difference between seeking pleasure through the body and, oh, I would like to connect with my sweetheart, my lover, or this other person. Maybe it's not your sweetheart or your lover. I'd just like to connect with this person and be really intimate with them. And it's not about some kind of pleasure goal but a connection goal um, there's a movie it's, it's 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 a very um, challenging movie I think there's a movie called Don John D-O-N-J-O-H-N, not Don Juan, but Don John. And it's about this young man who is addictive, compulsive about masturbating. And uh, he, it's his journey with realizing that he's got this addictive, compulsive uh, thing going on. And he goes from exploring it, really enjoying it, uh, all the pleasure of the body that he can experience that way, and then to realizing, oh, this is actually got some side effects here in terms of my ability to relate to a girlfriend, a woman in my life, and his whole journey with it. And uh, it's 
it's confrontive and but it's i think it's really uh, uh worthwhile watching it's an interesting movie and it's well done uh i encourage you to take a look if you feel called and and it has a good cast in it too don john you can probably find it on netflix i watched it a long time ago uh but looking at that relationship between pleasure as escape, it's a temporary satisfaction, whereas living in joy, you wake up in it, you go to sleep in it, it's all the time. It's not temporary. It doesn't come and go. That's what we're headed towards. But we can't get there if we're willing to be satisfied with the temporary pleasures, which, of course, will only satisfy us for a short time because there is no true satisfaction in them. That's one thing about the ego is it, it never, ever, ever will be satisfied for more than a moment. It's like that old joke about Chinese food, if you, you know, You'll be hungry again quickly. That's the thing about the ego. So let's go to paragraph 13 here. Is not this inevitable? Under fear's orders, the body will pursue guilt, serving its master whose attraction to guilt maintains the whole illusion of its existence. So when we're ego-identified, the body will seem to pursue guilt. Our mind will actually pursue things that make us feel more guilty. Serving its master, whose attraction to guilt maintains the whole illusion of its existence. You see, the attraction to guilt maintains the whole illusion of the ego's existence. Remember, Nothing real can be threatened, and nothing unreal exists. The ego is not real. It does not exist. It is an illusion. So the attraction to guilt maintains the illusion. The attraction to guilt maintains the illusion. When we are seeking for pleasure through the body, we are exacerbating the guilt. That's what brings the pain. It is the belief in sin. Stop making things wrong and bad. Everything is neutral. Let it be neutral. Our motivations aren't neutral, but the things of this world are neutral. Our experiences, our interpretations, they're not neutral, but the things themselves are neutral. The alcohol is neutral. The frozen yogurt is neutral. Smoking is neutral. I've helped a number of people quit smoking by saying, just make it neutral. Stop making it bad. We don't realize that when we're highly addicted to things, it's because we're making them bad. I quit smoking three times. So the first time it was excruciating. The second time it was hard. It was challenging. And the third time it was a piece of cake. It was like, oh, I put the cigarette. I was just like, oh, I don't want to smoke anymore. I put the cigarette out and that was it. Never had a cigarette again. I don't know when that was. It was 12 years ago or whatever it was. And that was it. Done. Never never had an interest in having a cigarette since then. I had stopped making it bad and wrong. Didn't need it anymore to feel like a sinner. Didn't need that anymore. Try it. You might like it. So Jesus says, this then is the attraction of pain. The attraction is maintaining the illusion through guilt. Ruled by this perception, the body becomes the servant of pain, 
seeking it dutifully and obeying the idea that pain is pleasure. Yes. So that's the flip that happens. We're seeking pleasure through the body and it brings us more pain mentally and emotionally. And we begin to actually become that in that sadomasochistic zone of the pain is pleasure. I bet you felt that. I sure have where I'm hurting myself. I know I'm hurting myself. But there's a perverse kind of pleasure in it. Jesus says, It is this idea that underlies all of the ego's heavy investment in the body. And it is this insane relationship that it keeps hidden and yet feeds upon. So think of, I don't like to think of the ego as being a thing that has power. I prefer to think of the ego as a thought system that has no power. But we feed our identification with the ego through this addiction to pleasure, escaping through pleasure. To you, it teaches that the body's pleasure is happiness. Yet to itself, it whispers, it is death. Can we still enjoy things? We can. We can. We can. Absolutely. I do every day. Oh, this cup of coffee is so good. This cup of tea is so good. Oh, these cookies are so good. I love them. But I'm not seeking to escape through them. I'd like to say a big thank you to all the people who tithe and support this broadcast and our ability to offer it at YouTube and uh, all the transcripts and everything that we offer. Thank you for that. You can always make a donation at livingacourseofmiracles.com or jenniferhadley.com and you can sign up for the text messages, make a recurring donation. Okay. So grateful and thankful to give up the pain and the pleasure cycles. We are grateful to invoke the Holy Spirit into our heart and mind and let it have its way with us. In gratitude, we say, Amen, Amen, Amen. God bless. Mwah.